Our scripture from Acts, the second chapter, with the 42nd verse. In the earlier in Acts 2, we have the reporting of the Pentecost after the risen Lord was ascended back to be with God. Then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was poured out upon the followers. And uh, Simon Peter, remember, who disappointed Jesus with his denials and betrayals, uh, became in, invigorated and the Holy Spirit empowered him to preach powerfully. And then many people were one to the faith. And those first converts, the very first Christians, we have in the latter part of chapter 2 what they were about and what they started doing which I think should be a reminder to all of us as Christians today. If you ever wonder, well, what should I be about as a Christian? Read this 42nd verse. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because of many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And this is the word of God for all of us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. To be devoted, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, the prayers, the fellowship, and the breaking of bread. To be devoted to someone or to something means doing more than just what's required, doing more than just the minimum. Uh, but devoted means having a passion and a commitment of, above and beyond what's expected. That's what devotee, devoted seems to mean. This past week, uh, we had a, a funeral for a cousin of mine, Rufus Eblen, and Rufus Jr. was a high school teacher for over 30 years at Henderson County High School. And Rufus taught English and English literature for over 30 years. And as I thought about that, and as I had the privilege to lead in his funeral, I thought about day in and day out and week after week and class after class and more students over 30 years we knew that Rufus loved teaching he loved his students he loved teaching them the English language and its literature and he gave his life fully to that a devoted spouse is someone who gives themselves fully to their partner to their partner more than probably just what's expected, but really uh, 
giving love and support. I've been visiting with the Mitchells, Steve and Jay. Steve's had a couple of surgeries, a couple of more surgeries in the hospital this past week. And I've been very touched by them, and particularly as Jay kind of walked me through all, well, many, not all, but many of the surgeries that he's had through the years. Now, some of us maybe have helped nurture a spouse back to health. Maybe we've done that with our parents or our child. And, and we know the energy that takes and the joy to help someone get back to health. But here, Jay, gosh, surgery after surgery, and I don't know how many through the years Steve's had, but a bunch, I hear. And I just thought about the devotion, the devotion that was there. A devoted parent doesn't just dote on their kids, but a devoted parent will, will encourage, challenge, instruct, discipline, teach, do everything possible to make sure that child can grow up, grow up and learn and know and have values and morals. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of devotion. Well, Acts tells us that those first Christians were very, very devoted people. And they devoted themselves, what I want to focus on today, to the breaking of bread. To the breaking of bread. Now, one of the most enjoyable things I like to do in life is to sit down at a table and eat. Uh, I won't go into how my doctor has tried to tell me to put that fork down in some cases and get out there and walk some of this off and get your levels uh, worked out. But eating together is a lot of fun as well as nutrition. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that many of us are excited about Wednesday nights coming back with with the food, we can, we can have our studies and we can eat together and fellowship around the table. How important, how important that is. Yes, eating together as a family, breaking bread together as a family is important time. And in our very busy world, it's hard to get the family together to sit down and do that at one time, especially if you've got teenagers and kids that need to run here, there, and yonder, right? But table time is very important for the family. Susan and I like to watch Blue Bloods on Friday night. I can't wait till the new season. I'm kind of tired of all the reruns. But anyway, the Reagan family gathers around the table, and Commissioner Reagan and his father sit at each end, and, and they've been to Mass, that's good to know. And they come back to Sunday dinner and they're all sitting and they're talking as a family about their lives, their work, having fun and also debating different things. But Blue Bloods, uh, that, that Sunday dinner is one of my favorite parts of the, the show. Well, breaking bread together is essential. And as Christians, those first Christians found it was essential that they eat together that they broke bread together is very important. And so as we come to Communion Sunday again, we need to ask, well, why is it we do this month after month? 
Some churches every Sunday have Holy Communion. We do this because Jesus initiated it. Jesus started it. He started eating with his followers. He had picnics on the hillside and he fed thousands with a few loaves and a fish, fishes. He had uh, uh, charcoal fish on the beach when he was risen. Jesus was constantly with his disciples. And then we know at that last Passover meal, the last time Jesus would have a Passover meal is this last supper with his disciples. And he gathered his disciples together and he started this whole sacrament of Holy Communion by taking a loaf of bread and breaking it and saying, this is my body which is given for you. Well, the disciples like like so many times, like, what's he saying? What's he talking about? But we know that he used this as a symbol to talk about he was going to die on the cross. Just as he broke that loaf of bread, he was telling them that he was going to be broken, literally, physically. And that the reason he was doing that was because they were broken people at the table with him. And there would always be broken people in the world for whom he was going to Calvary to die. So we have this meal, Jesus breaking the bread. And his brokenness was to help save and heal the brokenness of his disciples. Just think about who all was sitting there with him that night. He was going to, one was going to betray him, one was going to deny him, one was going to doubt him, uh, several of them were going to fall asleep on him. Later on, he was going to the Garden of Gethsemane and pour out his guts to God, and they were going to fall asleep on him. He couldn't even stay awake. He knew they were going to continue to fail, but they were the best he had, and he was trying to teach them and pull them together and, and he said, keep on doing this. Keep on getting together to break bread and remember me. And remember what we're all about. So Jesus knew they would fail. And Jesus knows that we, as we've already said in the service, we fail to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We've broken your law. Yes, we are sinners that still line up beside Jesus today and beside his table. As the scripture says, all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I appreciate uh, Pastor Kathleen giving the invitation to the open table. All are welcome. This isn't Georgetown's table. This isn't the United Methodist table. This is the table of the Lord. And our Lord invites all, whoever's here, you don't have to be a member of this church, to come. As that beautiful hymn we sang, the Lord God throws open his arms and welcomes us to come to him. 
There's one other thing about this sacrament that I want to say. It is in the breaking of the bread, not only that we see the brokenness of Christ, but it is we realize his presence with us every single day. It is in the breaking of the bread that we realize Christ is alive. He is risen. And through his spirit, he is with us every time we gather in his name. And especially on Sundays like this when we break bread together. The beautiful story after, after Christ was crucified and buried, many of the disciples just scattered, went their own way. And some of the folks went back to Emmaus from Jerusalem. And a couple of them, as they were walking along, they were joined by this fantastic person. They were just really engaged in conversation. And, and so they got to their home and said, oh, please stay with us and eat with us. They had no idea until, until they ate together and broke bread that it was the risen Lord. Their eyes were open, the scripture says, and they recognized him. And they realized, of course, how they burned in their hearts with his presence. Of course, it's the risen Lord right there with them. So today, as those first Christians devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, let us devote ourselves and come and receive the brokenness of Christ that brings healing to our brokenness as his presence is right here with us.